You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. We have a jam-packed show for you on this first day of September. Looks like fall is trying to come in a little too hot for me. It's all good. It's really a little too chill, but that's okay. I think we have uh, more days of summer, so we'll see how this weather shapes up throughout next week. I'm going to give it a couple of days to adjust itself, but welcome, of course, to the day with Trey. What a jam-packed show we do have for you because we have several folks in the building that are going to be diving deep. You guys have been hearing me talk about the Commercial Tenant Improvement Fund. We got some folks right here from the Office of Economic Development who are going to dive into that a little bit more. Mr. Markham and Ms. Shara are going to be telling us more about that program. And then we also have another amazing grant program through Arts Wah. We're going to be hearing about with Ms. Shannon and Mr. Michael. So I'm excited to get into these amazing programs with them. And then I get to follow up with all of that amazing information with an amazing inspiration story with Miss Katie Wyman White. She is here to tell us all about her journey into natural bodybuilding and this amazing competition that she runs, y'all, that's coming up this weekend. So I can't wait to dive in with all of these phenomenal guests. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's the perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Please tag and share the stream with people that you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Of course, if you cannot watch us, don't worry. You guys can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in the day with Trey. You'll find me there. Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of the podcast platforms, you name it, we're there. So look for us. Um, one of the things I want to make sure y'all know about this weekend coming up, we got Piers Sounds. Friends of Waterfront are doing another amazing concert event, free to the public, right there at Pier 62. Uh, some of us Converge family members will be in the building, myself, Basa Gordon, and of course, G Prez. We're holding it down for y'all right there at the Pier. Come check us out on uh, the 3rd. I can't wait. I'm excited to connect with my Converge people and, of course, people out there in the community. And my girl, Shane. Dana Shepard is one of the amazing performers, so I'm so glad that I get to like see her do her thing on stage, y'all. I'm going to fangirl out a little bit, but make sure you guys join us down there. Well, because we have such a jam-packed show, I'm going to start right now at the top of the show with Mr. Markham McIntyre. He is the Director of Office of Economic Development right here for the City of Seattle. He's going to be telling us all about this fun we keep talking about for commercial tenant improvement. What's up, Markham? How are you? Morning, Trey. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. How would you like to start? <laughs> I want to ask you, I mean, as director, this is one of those programs I was just sharing with you. It's so necessary. Tell us a bit about how you guys got to the point of understanding the need here when it comes to commercial tenant improvement. Sure. Well, you know, we're turning the corner on the pandemic, but there's still a lot of small businesses out there that are struggling. Uh, and for a long time, we've talked about the housing affordability crisis that we face in Seattle and the region, but some of those same pressures that have generated that crisis, uh, create a commercial affordability problem here in the city. And so it's harder and harder for businesses to find space, build it out, pay their rent. Um, and so we at the office really wanted to make sure that as we're turning the corner on this pandemic, 
Um, and as we're still seeing businesses struggling, we're producing programs that are directly meeting those needs that businesses are asking us for. So a lot of it is access to funding and then the commercial real estate. So that's why we developed not just the tenant improvement program, but our Seattle Restored program, which helps uh, match up uh, uh, mostly BIPOC businesses or artists with uh, vacant storefronts throughout the city, uh, as well as our capital access program to help get access to funds. And then this expansion of the tenant improvement program is just another in kind of our suite of commercial affordability programs that we're trying to roll out. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, directly involved with the Seattle Restored effort. Love seeing all of the amazing applications come through. I'll be talking to Shara about how you guys are experiencing the application process right now for this particular fund. But, you know, up to $100,000 can go a long way for some of these small businesses. What are some of you guys' goals around this? Because as we express, the need is high. What are some of the things that you guys are really looking forward to with this fund kind of filling that void? Sure. Well, again, we want to have neighborhood vibrancy, right? It's really important that throughout the city, we've got these business corridors that people want to go to, that people want to uh, spend their dollars, that people want to learn the stories of the, of the owners behind the businesses. And so this is one way for us to make sure that we're helping businesses get into new spaces, but also helping reduce displacement for businesses that have been there for a long time and making sure that we're preserving the history of some of our business districts. Um, as well, we want to make sure that uh, the city is being an active participant in helping businesses with practical matters, not just kind of uh, high level stuff or theoretical things, but really that we're helping them solve business problems on a day to day basis. And that's exactly what this tenant improvement program can help with, because, as you know, some of the capital to actually build out your space um, can be hard to come by, as well as the technical assistance to just navigate the permits and figure out kind of what the right design is going to look like. So we're trying to offer kind of a holistic package for businesses that want to um, either spruce up their space or find a new space. Uh, that's that's the point of this fund. Yeah, this is uh, really important. I think there's a lot of different ways and, I, and you know, talking about the specific uses uh, with Shara. But, you know, when we think about, you know, how folks can really access this, this is again. And I've, I've, I think I've talked about this before, that you have to be embedded in these communities in order to understand how to make sure that this fund is getting out there to communities. Tell us a bit about you guys' approach in that regard. Sure. And I think this is actually one of the silver linings of the pandemic is learning uh, how much more intention we as the city have to have in reaching out to communities, working with community partners, and really being thoughtful about uh, the channels that we're using and the languages that we're using to get the word out. So a lot of it has to do with capacity building with other neighborhood groups and making sure that they have the resources and the talent to actually help us spread the word. Um, another part is translation interpretation. So as we're rolling out new programs, um, the translated materials aren't an afterthought or something that comes later on, but it all kind of rolls out together to give people an equal shot at applying and making sure they understand the programs that are coming. Um, and then the third is just, again, like being intentional and thoughtful daily on kind of who are we reaching out to? Who's not at the table when we're making decisions? What's kind of our bubble and our natural biases? And how do we make sure that we protect against having blind spots um, so that we do really do kind of make these programs for everybody who wants to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, that's the the golden arch right there, right? It's like getting it out there to the folks is really important. And I think in terms of accessibility, right? You, you talk about making these application processes more accessible. That's important as well, right? Because uh, as a small business owner, a lot of folks already have so much on their plate, right? Even if this is going to be beneficial to them, they got to find the time to do that, right? And that's a part of this. It is. And so it's partly thinking through what is the application process? What information do we actually need? And trying to not make it so onerous to find all the documents and have them kind of at the ready. It's also making sure that we have some technical assistance to help people get through that process because it is complicated and complex, especially if you haven't gone through a process before. 
So you're right. We just want to make it as accessible as possible. And I think Cheryl will talk more about some of the particulars, but I'm excited about the direction that we're going in where we really do have eyes wide open about some of our deficiencies of the city and how to correct them. Um, and there really is a real opportunity for us to do things differently and be more open, be more accessible to help break down some of those barriers. Yeah, I just appreciate you coming on, Markham, because honestly, understanding this kind of suite uh, that you guys are providing for a community and the ways that you guys are being very intentional to ensure that folks know about these opportunities, um, like the capital access, like Seattle Restored and now commercial tenant improvement. It really does kind of you guys are actually covering a lot of bases here. So kudos to you and your team for all the work you guys are doing. I know I get to follow up with one of your uh, team members, Shara, about all the particulars here. But I also got to give you a chance to make sure people hear from you directly in that camera about how they can connect with the Office of Economic Development and these opportunities you guys are offering. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Trey. Uh, reach out to us. We develop these programs because we want to listen to community. We want to listen to businesses and understand their problems and how we at the city can help solve them. So please, if you've got issues, if you've got questions, do reach out to us. That's really what informs our decision making. And then finally, please do apply for the tenant improvement program. Applications are open now on our website. Hopefully we can get a link um, through Converge here, uh, but please do apply and we've got more ideas coming. Uh, so stay tuned. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marco. Thanks, Thanks for really the work you're doing. It. Absolutely. Well, you guys stay tuned because we're going to be getting into the real nitty gritty particulars of this co commercial and tenant, tenant improvement fund with Shara right after this short break. She's going to be joining us to tell us more about all of the details y'all need to apply when the deadline is coming and how applications are going. Stay tuned after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, y'all. My name is Nicole Harvey, and I proudly serve as the Director of Community and Family Engagement at Seattle. Jazz Ed. And I'm here to let y'all know that we're getting to launch our fall programming the first week of October. So if you're a student or you know a student between the grades 4 through 12 that is interested in playing music, whether they're a beginner or they've been playing for a long time, we have saved a seat for you. For more information, please visit our website at www.seattlejazzed.org. All of our programs and classes are offered on a sliding scale tuition policy, which means that families get to choose what they pay, no questions asked. We also have free loaner instruments available for every student to use. If you have questions, you're welcome to contact us via email or by phone at programs at seattlejazzed.org or 206-324-5299. Basically, fam, believe in giving. Like, we have to be willing to give more, and people seem to always think giving means money, but nah, bro. It's like you can give time, you can give understanding, you can give access, you can give a listening ear and an open heart. You can give and share your God-given gifts and talents, but you just got to give. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And joining me right now is Ms. Shara from the Office of Economic Development. Time to get down into the details. Ms. Shara, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, Markham really laid a foundation for us in terms of why you guys are doing this. Tell us a bit about the how. Uh, you know, when we talk about getting out there in the communities, making sure this is accessible, you know, he kind of let us know some of that. But what are some of the details that you get to see in your role? Absolutely. I think wanting to make sure that this fund goes far and wide and gets to the communities that oftentimes may not hear about a, a virtual info session or may not be on our listserv. We've um, done a, a variety of different outreach um, strategies. And so we have our general strategies like virtual info sessions. Uh, but we also are out there doing in-person info sessions in communities where um, 
we want to ensure that those particular small businesses hear about this. Oftentimes they're in language. So we just did one uh, last week in South Park. It was all in Spanish, uh, working with our language access partners, Lake City Collective and our business district partners. Uh, we're also really high touch with this. And so we are encouraging folks to call in to our OED resource line. Um, I intentionally put my email address out there just because we want to make sure that folks have as many different avenues, uh, both virtual, in-person, one-on-one group sessions to be able to hear about this, but also get some application support. Yeah, that's important. I mean, I think, um, you know, when folks know that the resources are there for them in terms of that support, it really makes the process easier, you know, for them. And I, I love this because when we think about other barriers like language access and other things, this is important to be able to have this kind of overarching approach here. Now, I mean, since you guys are out there doing this, tell us a bit about what you guys are experiencing in terms of the applications that are coming in. Absolutely. We, we definitely are seeing that this is high demand, which we knew. I mean, in, in terms of what we've been hearing, we've been listening to community members and, and small business owners, commercial affordability has been an issue. Um, oftentimes in our BIPOC communities, especially uh, even prior to the pandemic in terms of commercial affordability and, and the pandemic just exacerbated that. And so, yes, um, listening and and making sure that the outreach strategies are out there. And I think we're seeing uh, the fruits of that labor in terms of ensuring that communities know and hear about it. And, and the, the demand is definitely there. Wow. This is uh, one of the things where it's like proof of concept, right? It's like you put something out there now, the city is aware of this strong need, right? I mean, it is there. The demand is there. So it's clear we're going to need more funding in, in the future to continue programs like this because the, the need is is great and, and very vast. And when we can help our small businesses, we're actually really helping our economy. So I love that you guys are really focused on that. What are some of the details in terms of how folks can utilize the funds if they're granted? So it is a uh, tenant improvement fund, right? And so there's hard costs that it will um, it will fund in things like HVAC systems or plumbing, elect you know electrical work. Uh, we're also going to be able to support soft costs, and that includes permitting, uh, supporting consultant you know co consultant fees like architect fees, permitting fees, and you know this is not just for new buildouts, right? This is also for existing spaces, so it'll also support renovations of existing spaces. Mm, this is, uh, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, because honestly, uh, as a community member myself and just being connected, I see how people are like trying to figure out ways to retrofit their businesses dur during this pandemic, right? COVID has really brought out to light a lot of the needs that small businesses have. And you guys are listening well enough to um, make sure that these funds are kind of unrestricted in that regard. That's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Obviously, there is a bucket that it needs to fit in, but it's not so restrictive that it's like, oh man, all I could do with this is this and that doesn't apply to me. Or, you know, hey, I, I need help over here. Sounds like you guys are really covering a lot of those bases. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd also add on to that, you know, if there are specific things that folks uh, need to pay for, need to provide support or need support with that the tenant improvement fund cannot actually uh, be utilized for. That's what's wonderful about what Markham was talking about in terms of our, um, you know, 
variety of different programs within OED with the capital access program. Uh, you know, you can, the tenant improvement program cannot pay for rent, mm-hmm. uh, rent costs, but you know, there are other avenues and other resources out there. Yeah, this is uh, so important. And it's great for folks to understand that. I also think, too, having all of these services in one of the city's offices is so key because oftentimes it's like, oh, well, you got to go over there for that and go over here for that. And that's where it gets like confusing for a lot of business owners. It's just like, you know what? I don't have the time for that because I got to carve out time to run my business, but to also actually make sure my business is okay. So I really appreciate you saying that because I I think that you guys are like now becoming really a hub for uh, small businesses to know, like, this is where I need to be connecting. This is how I need to be, you know, ensuring that my business is okay. Well, when we think about the application process, once you guys get all the applications in, tell us a bit about the deadline and how you guys are actually selecting these businesses with this vast amount of applications that are coming through. Good question. So, you know, I, hear you on what you were just saying because I'm a small business owner myself. And so a lot of the design of the program, the process, the um, how business owners actually do receive information given their busy schedules as well as the selection process, you know, I feel like being able to have the perspective of a business owner going through the same things in this pandemic, we put a lot of thought into that design. And so, you know, in terms of the application, we heard that you know it, there's so there's there's application fatigue sometimes and the documentation that's required just to apply and you don't know if you're going to necessarily get it so we're trying to remove as many of those barriers from step 1 and we're not requiring any tax returns any uploading of financial documentation to apply so i would say that in the process is really important for us to share out with the community mm-hmm. and you know financial information is being asked but will not need to upload financial documents unless you're selected. And in terms of the selection process, you know, we want to um, let folks know that a community review panel will be looking at this in addition to our partners at the National Development Council, who's actually hosting the application on their website. And then uh, we have broken it up. We know that ev- there are just are nuances uh, in every single application. And we wanted the voice of the business owner to shine, to be able to give them agency over their story. So yes, there's hard numbers you have to put in there, dem- you know, general information you put in any application. But we put a lot of narrative questions for business owners so that the selection process for the review panelists could really get the picture mm. through the voice of the business owner, how this pandemic is affecting them. You know, there's questions about displacement. This is also an opportunity for us to potentially mitigate displacement in our high equity neighborhoods. And all of that can be, um, we'll go through a selection around four different categories. So readiness of your project, viability of your business, and then skewed and in terms of weight, and this is really important in those narrative questions is equity mm. and as well as neighborhood impact. And so we just want to let folks know, please take the time to answer those questions because we want to know the story and the review uh, process and the panelists will be able to 
hopefully better understand uh, why you're applying for this. Is it um, an opportunity for you to not be displaced from your current business? Or um, are you a, a woman or BIPOC owned business owner that um, wants to expand, you know, into a new market? So please, we're just letting folks know, put as much information about your where you're at and where you want to be and how this fund can support that. Amazing. Uh, Shara, you can look right there. Make sure folks know the deadline, how they apply, where they need to go. Make sure they connect with you all. Absolutely. So the deadline for the Commercial Tenant Improvement Fund is on Thursday, September 8th at 5 p.m. And uh, you can find all the information on the City of Seattle Office of Economic Development website. Oh, Shara, thank you so much for coming in and giving us all the details. Thank you. I'm excited for this and can't wait to see how this is going to possibly positively impact the city once these funds are out there in these businesses and in the hands of business owners. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. What a great way that the city is saying we are being intentional to ensure our businesses are not just thriving, but they're thriving in place. I love that that message of, you know, displacement and doing something specific about it. This is really great. We're going to continue uh, with great conversation around funding with Miss Shannon from the Washington State Department of Commerce. She'll be joining us right after this short break. We're going to be talking about arts law. Stay tuned, you guys. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Beza and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faith. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now, Miss Shannon from Washington State Department of Commerce. Looks like there's some things going on at Artswell. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Hi, Trey. How are you? Good, good. Thank good. you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, tell us a bit about some of the background to the funding source you're talking about today. Sure. So I work for the Washington State Department of Commerce. I'm the creative economy sector lead there. And we are currently offering two different grant making programs. One of them is a convention center grant and the other is a working Washington round five grant. Mm -hmm. um, and there's $75 million that the legislature has allocated to small businesses in Washington state through those two programs. This money comes from the federal government and our legislature in Washington state really saw the need, you know, that the pandemic caused to small businesses around the state and so created these two programs to help small businesses. This is so important because it is necessary right now. What is it looking like in terms of how these funds are trying to get out there into community? So we currently have a grant application open right now. It's a very simple grant application that closes next week on September 9th at 5 p.m. Um, and basically, we're encouraging all small businesses in Washington state to apply. So small businesses, 
a pretty wide range there. It's uh, folks who make at least $10,000 on an annual basis um, and no more than $5 million on an annual basis. And folks who have suffered from the pandemic. And when we're talking about small businesses, we're talking about businesses and nonprofits and sole proprietors as well, including artists who run their uh, practice as a business. Um, and so it's really broad and we're here to help uh, small businesses in Washington State really recover from the pandemic. One of the things that's very special about this program and is different than any of the other working Washington programs is that 60% of the $70 million that is set aside for working Washington round five is allocated to the cultural sector. Mm -hmm. So arts, science and heritage, nonprofit organizations, businesses, sole proprietors, that money is set aside for you. Uh, for a lot of creative workers and creative businesses in Washington state, the pandemic had an immediate impact for them. And, you know, they were the first to close, the last to reopen, and the pandemic is going to have a very long tail to recovery for a lot of these businesses. So right now is the time to access those funds. We've created a very simple application and we really hope to help stand up these creative workers and businesses around our state. This is really exciting. I'm sure it's exciting for you, Shannon, oh, in yes. your role, because like, as you said, you're so right about the creative sector in particular and how, you know, we need needed really some specific funding that was going to be injected there because we saw with a lot of the federal funding that first rolled out. I mean, it was going to major hotels and big restaurant chains and and all the small businesses were like, wait a minute, what about us? Um, and particularly those creative economy businesses, as you describe, and solopreneurs. Right. It was almost as if they had no chance at some of those first rounds of funding that came out from the federal government. What do these uh, awards look like in terms of the range? What what can someone apply for based on, you know, their needs? So we hope to fund every single person that applies for this award who's eligible for this award. And so the award range depends on how many people apply mm -hmm. in Washington state. Um, we can't grant more than 30% of your annual revenue. Um, and our, you know, the grants cap at $75,000. And the application is very simple. So there's an eight question eligibility quiz that you can go in. It takes maybe 10 minutes to answer the questions, um, to see if you're eligible. And then the application, again, it's very straightforward, very simple, where you put in your financial information, what your annual revenue was for 19, 20, and 21. Um, and then talk about what the pandemic did. Uh, for you as a business, how it impacted you and how you suffered from that hardship. Um, and again, we uh, we hope to fund every single eligible business around Washington State. Wow, that is a large feat indeed, Shannon. I'm just, I I'm glad that you are here today to tell us about this and make sure that, you know, the audience and the public is aware. That's really important because oftentimes it's those who know that get to, you know, right? If you don't know, you don't even apply. Then you're like, oh my gosh, I missed the deadline for something that I know I qualified for. So that's really important. Um, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to look right there in the camera, let folks know how they can apply for this amazing fund. I know I'm going to be following up with Michael, but tell us how they can apply. Great. So go to commercegrants.com and there you'll find all the information about work, Working Washington Round 5 and the Convention Center grants. Uh, you can find information on that site in 15 different languages that includes eligibility guidelines, FAQs, and a sample of the application. So head over there, you know, take 
take the time and uh, grab that money. It's for you. Yeah, right on. Thank you so much, Shannon, for Thank being you, here. Thank you, Trey. Absolutely. It's really fun. Absolutely. Look at all this funding on today, September 1st. I'm telling you, I'm getting hot over here because I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. We need these funds out in community. I'm going to continue this discussion with Michael. He is coming up after this short break. We're going to continue talking about some of these amazing funds and maybe how Arts Wah is a part of this. Stay tuned after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I told you it's jam-packed, so I know we're going over time, but we want to make sure you guys get this information. Joining me right now is Mr. Michael, who's going to be telling us more about this fund. What's going on, Michael? How are you? How are you doing, Trey? It's really fun to be here. Yeah. Um, I'm just really excited to be able to talk about this grant. Uh, you know, as Shannon was saying, so many small businesses and nonprofits were just hit so hard by the pandemic. That's the reason that the legislature saw the need. That's the reason we're here talking with you about it. Yeah. Part of the reason Arts Wah is at the table is because of that creative sector um, allotment that's set, set aside, that 60% for the creative economy. You know, Arts Wah, we're the State Arts Commission. We're mm -hmm. focused on making sure the arts are strong and are a thriving part of, of daily life in this state. So when these funds came along, it was a natural partnership for Arts Wah to team up with commerce and reach out to the businesses and the small profits and our cultural sector across the state make sure they know about this and take advantage. Well, yeah, you guys have a lengthy list of, par of uh, partnerships, right? In terms of Arts Wall, you know uh, people on the ground doing the work in the creative sector. So I love that the, the Department of Commerce knew, wait a minute, we got to plug in with Arts Wall if we really want to make sure that these 60% of th this fund gets into those who are doing the work on the ground. Tell us a bit about how that's working uh, for folks to understand about this. It's been open now for a, a little bit of time and you guys got another over a week a little bit to make sure that folks understand this. Tell us a bit about how you guys are doing that work. Yeah, you bet. So uh, some of the things we've done, we partnered with One Eastside, which is a group out of uh, Redmond, and we produced two webinars that were available in multiple languages, uh, including ASL interpretation. Mm -hmm. And if you head to ArtsWise website, and I think at commercegrants.com, you can watch in multiple languages an overview of the programs themselves. So you can understand eligibility, how they, uh, you know, the timelines and everything like that. Then also we have a second webinar that just walks you through this application line by line. So there's no mystery about it. We, we tell you why these questions are there and their, and their whole purpose. So there's no mystery to the application. You can hear it in Korean. You can hear it in Chinese. You can see it ASL interpreted. We really felt it was important to make this as, as accessible as, as possible. And, you know, people are, like we talked about earlier, feeling application fatigue. So to make this grant have not any real mystery about how to apply and have as, as much help along the way as you can. There's some neat features to this grant as well. You can invite collaborators into the application through our partner submittable. So you're not alone when you're filling out the application. You can invite in a colleague, you can invite in a friend, anybody who can help fill, you, fill this out, fill out the application for you. Yeah, this is important because oftentimes grant writing is a collaboration. I mean, if I think about small nonprofits uh, and solopreneurs, it's like, man, help me share my story. Sometimes people have a hard time even doing that part because they're so focused on like the day to day operations or they're like, man, you know, I want to make sure that my story is compelling enough. Right. Um, and so that's really important. I love that you guys are utilizing that platform. When you think about this, you know, fr from your perspective, Michael, working at Art what are some of the things you're most excited about to get these funds out there to this creative economy? We have one of the most interesting creative economies in the state and one of the strongest creative economies in the country. Yeah. It's 10.3% of our GDP. That's huge. It is a major economic engine of the whole state. And so it's 
they're in a, they're in a state of vulnerability right now. Mm. We see that commerce sees that the legislation sees that. And so I'm excited to see this money get out into communities, into these organizations, into these nonprofits so that they can keep their doors open. They can push forward into the future so they don't have to fret about the bottom line as much. And they can keep doing the things that they do, which is create value for economies, um, not just by bringing in tourism dollars, but by creating experiences for their for their own communities, by holding on to cultural mem memories through heritage programs. It's, it's keeping all of this alive and vital because it's, it's our state's identity. It's, it's our history. It's how we know who we are. Yeah. Well, you know, Shannon was talking about this uh, eight question kind of, you know, uh, application. Mm -hmm. Tell us a bit about what folks need in order to make sure that they are prepared for this application process. Sure. You bet. So um, you apply online through Submittable. Um, they're a great partner and we're really excited to work with them on this. And like Shannon said, when you start the application, there's eight simple yes or no questions. And then if you're eligible, you're in. What you'll need to upload is your tax documents for those years, 2019, 2020, 2021. Um, for working Washington 5, you might not need 2019 if you, if you didn't start in that year. Um, you will need it for the convention center grant though. Um, and you'll need a photo ID. So these are the things to have ready when you're getting going. And you can do this all on your phone. Mm. So people can fill this out. And when it comes time to upload your tax documents, you can take a picture. You can take a picture of your ID and it's all set. So if you have your tax documents ready, your photo ID, you're good to go. Just head to commerce.grants.com and get started. This is really exciting, honestly. And, and I got to say, I'm loving the trend of major, you know, institutions like the Department of Commerce understanding that they we need to eliminate some of the barriers to entry for these application processes and really understand that application fatigue is real. You know, how are we addressing that? How are we adjusting for that? I think a lot of us, it, when we talk about the pandemic that we're still in, it's like there's there's so much that we have to deal with all already that to be able to know I can go to a source, you know, get re resources for my business and not have to be all in a tizzy before I do. Because sometimes it's like, oh my God, what do they need from me? What now they're going to be yeah. invasive and my whole thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people have that in that uh, issue of like trusting, you know, the fact that you're going to utilize the information and, and not use it against them. So I really appreciate this, Michael. One more time, look right there, make sure folks know how to apply. Everybody who's listening, head to commercegrants.com. That is your launch off point for everything related to this grant. We also have some cool resources at arts.wa.gov. If you head there, we have an outreach toolkit. If you want to spread the word, and we'd love for you to do that, there's social media you can download and just spread the word out into your community. All right. on. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for your work at Arts While. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks, Trey. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. Y'all know I care so much about the creative economy as a creative myself. And I think it's important that we understand how these funds can really impact small businesses, nonprofit organizations, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. This is important. Make sure you guys check out that website. After this short break, I get to dive into an inspiring story as we were just talking about, you know, business owners sharing their narrative. Miss Katie White, Wayman White is here in the building. She's going to be sharing her narrative with us about natural bodybuilding in this amazing competition coming up this weekend. Stay tuned after this short break. You don't want to miss this, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a jam-packed show. I'm so glad I get to end it after all of that great information about money that is flowing into our community. Now I get to talk to somebody about their own personal story. Miss Katie Wayman White. Hi. 
Hello. Thank you for having me today. I mean, thank you for being here. Look, you are looking fabulous. Oh, thank you. I just now saw the nails. Okay. And I'm like the hat. I need there the it is. maybe in rest though. There it is. <laughs> well, you know, tell us a bit about your story. I mean, just reading up on, you know, who you are in your journey. I, I was truly inspired. Tell us a bit about what got you to where you are today. Well, so I started bodybuilding when I was 21. So, I mean, before that, long story, but I was adopted. I, my parents knew nothing about what I did, but they supported it. I started when I was 21. I will be 61 in October. And I just loved lifting. Mm. And then I went and saw a bodybuilding competition. And I'm like, I could do that because I love to perform. I love being on stage and I love to work out. It was like a perfect marriage for me. And then I started competing and I just liked being on stage. Mm-hmm. Wasn't about winning a trophy. It was about showing people what I did for me. And then 19 years into that, I became a professional, not trying, not thinking about it, because that's what most people focus on, that status. And for me, it was like, I'm my own status. Me being me is the status. And then after that, I went on to be a very successful pro natural bodybuilder. Wow. But the natural is the important part to that because doing it drug-free, starting drug-free, staying drug-free for all of those years is rare. There are people that do it, but it's easier to go mainstream and just do whatever it takes to get to that level. Yeah. Well, there, there's something so special when you talk about the difference between, you know, how, what some folks may seem as though that's the only way to do the, the bodybuilding. Right. And so I was really intrigued when, you know, I was uh, reading up on you and I'm like, man, to, to really be able to showcase and spotlight a natural way of doing it. You not only took that experience, you also are helping others to understand that pathway. Tell us a bit about how you have this now kind of mentorship that you give and these opportunities opportunities that you're opening up for others. Right. So providing the platform. We didn't have a lot of platforms when I was, when I started. Drug-free platforms didn't even actually come to our state that were uh, tested until, I think it's been 12 years Mm. that we had our first show, maybe 13. Um, So I'm trying to pay back. I'm trying to show people that it's there. Anyone can do it. It's your discipline. It's your desire. It is letting people know that it exists because it's not mainstream. What most people see in magazines and on TV, you cannot achieve naturally. Mm. They don't know that when they're getting into it, they think they can, but you cannot. So my thing is to give back and give back to people who want to put the work in and just see how their body responds as they put more time into it. Instead of that instant gratification that most people are seeking and thinking that, oh, I'm doing this. I've been doing this for six months. I should be a world champion or I should be, you know, the next Mr. Olympia. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, we're talking about building up muscle mass, right? And that takes time. And I think there's, you know, I think about for myself, you know, I keep getting told, man, if you just did weightlifting, you would, you know, because I'm trying to work on my body. Okay, over here, Miss Katie. (laughs) So, you know, you know, I've heard it like, you know, get in the gym, just start weightlifting like you, you know, just start doing the squats, utilizing weights to really build up your own muscle mass. So you're really helping people kind of make that transition too, right? Most women especially women of color will think, I don't want to look like a guy. I don't want big muscles. I don't want to ruin my hair. I don't, 
there's all these reasons, but it's the very thing that will help them have a healthier, long lasting life. Mm. It is not about, you know, that the diet that you think that you have, it's a lifestyle. It's not just starving yourself into health. It is about living it every day and having good habits doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, you talk about, you know, this platform that you've opened up and you have this amazing competition coming up. And before I even get to that, you also take clients. So I just want to talk a bit about that side of your business, because you're not only doing it for you, you're also really helping others understand how to utilize this as a lifestyle. Right. So I work for a business called Turning Point Studios. Um, there's three of us and we've been together, I think like 12 years. Mm. Uh, and my clientele range from 18 to late seventies. Wow. Oh, actually that's not true. Actually a hundred and something because I teach a seniors exercise class. Oh, wow. So the thing is I don't promote necessarily the bodybuilding aspect because then that that's what people think all you do. It's mm-hmm. like they see that and then they're like, ooh, that's not what I want to do. But the focus is on being healthy for a lifetime. And if you want to be a competitive athlete, you can definitely do it. And you get better as you get older. I didn't get really good until I was in my 40s. Wow. And when I got really good, I went on to become hugely successful. And I was well into my 50s doing that. Wow. So you know, the clientele I, I work with, even the ones that compete, because yes, a lot of them compete, but the balance of life, there's no instant, there's no magic pill. There's no, it's how do you practice living every day and your body and your health are a byproduct of your choices. Mm-hmm. Make better choices. You're going to have a better physique. You're going to feel better. You're going to be able to do the things you want to do as you get older, which was my goal. I wanted to be a grandmother. I wanted to be able to do with my grandkids what I do with what I did with my children. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say 61. Hello, whatever (laughs) you're doing, I need to get on board because you are phenomenal in your look and physique. And honestly, you are so right about it being a lifestyle. And uh, I appreciate that you are not just utilizing this for you, but really helping others and also really helping others compete. Let's talk about this competition you have coming up this weekend. Right. So I have athletes coming from different states to come and compete. Some of these athletes will earn the right to go and compete at a world championships with our, which are in LA in November. Mm. Um, these are athletes that are like me. They, they may have started in a different organization that wasn't drug tested, but they were drug free athletes. And then someone said, Hey, you can go do a drug free show with people like you. Mm. It is not the mainstream. So it's getting the word out there that you do have a choice. A lot of people don't know that they have an option. My show this weekend will highlight that, the hard work people have put into it from all over the country, really. And all of my shows that I put on, I put on one in June, I have people come from everywhere to compete. Wow, wow this so is phenomenal. It's going to be fun. And I want people to understand that these athletes, it, it's just the hard work. It's the dedication. It's not the trophy. Yes, they were, they're going to go out and compete just like every other athlete does. But the biggest competition is with self. 
It is. That's a whole message right there. That's a whole <laughs> word. Uh, I'm dealing with it right now. You know, I'm like, I got to get that motivation because I understand it's a daily choice, right? It really is a daily choice. But start small. Yeah. So yeah. Start with one thing that you're going to change about your lifestyle every single day and master that thing and then go to the next thing and then the next thing. It's not like changing everything at once, which most people think you have to do. Oh, I want to get on this meal plan. I'm gonna, no, it's find balance. It's mm -hmm. Find something that you can commit to doing and do it. Yeah. And get good at it. That's so key. Oh, my goodness, Miss Katie. All the inspiration in the building today. If folks are trying to get connected with you and, and what you do at the studios or maybe become a client, I want you to look right there. Make sure they know how to check you out and also how to be there at the competition. Is it open to the public? And folks, come. Let them know right there. The competition is open to the public. It is in Auburn, Washington at the Auburn Performing Arts Theater, which is adjacent to the Auburn High School. It's on 4th, um, right outside of downtown in Auburn. You can find me on Instagram at KT Productions Inc. or at Katie Wayman White. You'll find the information. You can contact me through my website at ktproductions.com or you can contact me through Facebook through just my name, Katie Wayman White. Mm -hmm. um, you can contact or find out about drug-free bodybuilding through the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation website at www.worldnaturalbb.com. It kind of clarifies the what is drug-free. It has a banned substance list. That is the number one thing you need to know is what is on that list to know if you qualify to actually compete as a natural athlete. Oh my goodness. So many amazing resources. Miss Katie, thank you so much thank for you, being thank here you, and thank sharing you your story. for having me. Absolutely. Have a great competition this weekend. Thank I'm you giving so much. you all the big ups. You'll probably be hearing from me too, because I might need some tips. Hey, I'll be there. <laughs> just come on. Just give me a call. Right on. All right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh my goodness, you guys. I promised you it was going to be a jam-packed show. I knew we were going to go over time, but I had to make sure that we got everybody in today. What an amazing show with all of the folks. I got to thank the folks over at Office of Economic Development, the folks with Washington Department of Commerce and Arts Wa, and of course, Ms. Katie Wayman White, who just shared her story about natural bodybuilding. It is possible, y'all, and it's right here in our state. We got somebody who is, uh, till um, she, she said it, highly successful, has done all the things, and is really bringing her experience back into community to make sure folks are staying healthy and are utilizing the tips and tricks that you can do on a daily basis to ensure that that becomes a part of your lifestyle. I want to make sure y'all are inspired by all of these guests today to see yourself as a part of the solution as they have. Clearly, you can do it in your actual job. We saw that with all of the folks that were sharing these grant funds that are out there in the world. Right here in Washington State, we got some amazing programs for small businesses and nonprofit organizations, solopreneurs and artists to really be able to utilize what they love to do and do it in a way that is resourced well. So, make sure you guys are checking out those funds, but also be inspired because here we have people that were like, this is my job, but I love what I do because I know that I'm helping others do what they love. And that's really something for me that I'm taking away on this amazing day. And of course, Miss Katie, you got to be inspired. I mean, she's talking about 61, looking like she's 31. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, uh, it is real when you take this into your life and say, I am going to focus on my health and wellness and my well-being. That is so important. I want to thank 
all of you guys for watching today. Of course, until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.